Well, welcome everyone to the Resilient Leadership Podcast, where everything we talk about is aimed at helping you lead with a greater sense of calm, clarity, and conviction, even in anxious times. My name is Irvin, and today, as always, I'm joined by my co-host and collaborator, Bridget Tyre. Bridget, how are you today? Hello, Irvin. Thank you for asking. I'm doing well. It is, as we record this episode, the beautiful month of June. And uh, June is one of my favorite months in the Washington, D.C. area. And we have had this incredible spring. It has just been sunny and dry and, you know, just this, the right temperature. And so that's been great. And I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation today because this is a topic that never ceases to be relevant in today's world. Bottom line. So, Urban, why don't you fill people in on a bit more about what we're going to discuss? Yeah. So today's topic is called Be a Step-Down Transformer. You know, as we go through the content, our listeners say, oh, I, I think I've heard some of that. And we are actually, if you go back to season one, episode seven, we talked about the secret sauce of leadership. And this is one of the ingredients of that secret sauce. But we decided today, let's just devote a whole episode to it because it is so fascinating. And as you say, you know, one of the things that I hear and I'm sure you hear is this sense of overwhelm in the workplace and in our families even today. And how do we manage reactive behaviors and how do we manage other people? And, you know, one of the things that's it's just so easy to put your hands up and say, you know, I'm helpless. I just don't have power to influence these situations. And yet today we want to give you some hope that you have more power than you think you do, and you have more ability to influence all of this chaos around you. And one of the ways of doing that is by being a step-down transformer. And then you're saying, well, what is that? What, what, what's all this step-down transforming about? And it's really a, a wonderful metaphor that by Ed Freeman, who is one of the great thinkers around systems and, and leadership, and he used it to describe, you know, a key responsibility of leaders when they are dealing with highly anxious systems or organizations. As the metaphor title suggests, it's all about being a transformer. And you think about an electrical transformer. What does an electrical transformer do? Well, it takes an electric current and through the transformer, it's able to either raise or to lower the voltage. And, you know, as I thought about this, a childhood memory came back to me. I grew up in a small little village called Balamagori, population 75, maybe. One of the things, we grew up in a pub, I think I've mentioned that before, but my father also had some cows in a farm. And I remember around the age of eight, we had issues with cows wandering. And so my father installed an electric fence. And for an eight-year-old, an electric fence is a thing of wonder. <laughs> and I remember I was always thinking, you know, should I touch it? Should I not? What would happen if I touch it? And my father realized that this was going to be a dangerous situation. He tried to uh, scare the bejesus out of me, as we say in, in, in Ireland. And so he had said, you know, if you touch that fence, your hand's going to burn and drop <laughs> off. And so curiosity of an eight-year-old, well, I'm sorry, you know, it'll last for far power, uh, any suggestion to the otherwise. And I remember one day I saw a cow touch the fence and it let out this, this sound and it ran into the center of the field and the cows gathered around it. And, you know, when you think of that situation, just one cow touched the fence and yet instinctively 
that anxiety had spread throughout the whole herd and had ratcheted upwards. And so it just goes, you know, at times I think we think we're more sophisticated than the cows, but when it comes to the spread of anxiety... (laughs) I'm afraid there's a lot of connection there. And just in humans as well, anxiety can spread that quickly and throughout, and we can ratchet up anxiety that quickly. So therefore, what we're talking about today is this power of, in our presence, of being able to take that anxiety and to reduce it. Mm -hmm. And so we're going to explore what does that presence look like and what are we doing? whenever we're showing up as a step-down transformer. Mm -hmm. So Bridget, does that resonate with you? Oh, well, that story of the farm, I I love it. I'd heard you tell it one other time, and it's it's a great, great story of the contagious nature of anxiety. And you're right. We'd like to think we're above it all. We're not like a herd of cows, but a closer look suggests otherwise. Just read the headlines. (laughs) I mean, it's all you got to do. And so who are we in the herd? We're all going to get shocked, right? None of us are immune to being shocked and provoked and triggered and challenged, uh, just like the cow was who, who got hit with a you know, little bit of electric shock. It's what we do with it. And what we do with it matters deeply because of what gets spread to the herd. And uh, so it definitely resonates. And it's something that I talk to many of my clients about. You know, so many of them are already pretty good at this. And yet things have become so anxious and disruptive that even those who are already pretty much a calm presence are being challenged to keep their own reactivity in check. So by all means, I think this is worth digging into. And Irvin, I think always you know, a great place to start is to share with people a little bit about the neuroscience behind it. So you know, what would you like to share with our listeners about that? Yeah, let's revisit two concepts that you've talked to before, which are really key elements here that help us understand the power that lies within us to influence a system. So the first is a concept which we've talked before, which is called emotional contagion. And this is a phenomena where, you know, one behavior of an individual leads to a reflexive, a reflexive behavior in the other person. And we are copiers and emotions flood just as in that cow kind of anxiety spread around. So it is, you know, when it comes to emotions, you know, we've lived for three years with an invisible virus and we've kind of, oh my God, will I catch it? Will I catch it? And yet Ever since evolution as human beings, we've been catching the emotions of others. And what enables that in the brain is this thing called mirror neurons. And this is this ability of the brain to mimic behavior that we see in other people. And that's what enables this spread of emotions to others. And it is uh, something as well we know from other research that is even more prevalent in the presence of leaders. And we know that uh, when a leader is present, that they are, people are looking to them for leads and and for, you know, how do they react? 
and that what a leader says, et cetera, has greater influence. Mm-hmm. So we know within the system that's happening as well. Now, Bridget, I remember that you uh, had said that you had read a book recently around this topic as well. And there was something fascinating that kind of the author was talking about. Yeah, I love this little book because it's very, very short and condensed. It's called Seven and a Half Lessons About the Brain by Lisa Feldman Barrett, for those who might be interested. It's a short read, and every chapter is just chock full of really interesting stuff. Now, one of her chapters, chapter five, I love the title. It's called Your Brain Secretly Works with Other Brains. (laughs) And what she says is, for your whole life outside of your awareness, you make deposits of a sort into other people's nervous systems, as well as withdrawals. And others do the same for you. And then she says, this ongoing undercover operation has pros and cons with profound implications for how we live our lives. And so she she gives all these amazing examples of how family members, partners, friends, even strangers, right? How they wire and rewire our brains. I mean, isn't that fascinating to think that, I mean... You and I are in conversation right now. We are changing in moment the neurochemistry inside our brains, which is fascinating. So just to give a couple of examples, when you're talking with somebody, your breathing patterns begin to synchronize. So do the beating of your hearts. If you raise your voice, if you raise your eyebrows, if you roll your eyes... You can affect what is going on inside other people's bodies, like their heart rate and the chemicals that they're carrying in their bloodstream. I mean, we profoundly influence one another in ways that we are just, for the most part, not aware of, right? And so now what can we do to harness that power is the question. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. So. So this idea that emotions then are, are caught, are spread, are influenced. And then I think the other concept that we're constantly talking about is the reality that we live in systems. And that has an impact as well over our ability to influence. So Richard, talk a little bit about that, about how systems thinking as well augments this idea of emotional contagion and our influence over others. Mm-hmm. So in relationship systems, one of the core tenets is what affects one affects all. Mm. And we tend to think of resilience as an individual pursuit, but it's really not. It's a collective Mm. pursuit. You know, we don't live on an island by ourselves. We live and work in relationship systems. And one of the core observations that Dr. Murray Bowen made, you know, and we've mentioned him and Ed Friedman several times And he was the one who developed the family systems theory that really changed the way therapists work with families. What he observed when he was working with families is that if there was somebody in the family that did not participate in the therapy, either because they were too sick to, or they just, they could not benefit from it, they could still be helped by focusing treatment on their immediate family. So even if just one member of the family, like a parent or a sibling, changed their behavior, the dynamics of the entire family system would begin to change in a way that benefited the member who wasn't even involved, right? And of course, you know, Ed Friedman took this understanding and applied it to leadership and organizations. And now the neuroscience is unequivocal about this, 
that our behavior impacts other human beings far and wide in ways that we can really harness. And so to your point about the presence, what what is the energy that we're telegraphing? Because that is what will get transmitted for better and for worse. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think, Irvin? What, What does your experience tell you about that? I mean, I think it is. I think if we just think of of situations where we have been, where someone walks into a room and within matters of minutes, whatever energy they're bringing in has been telegraphed and has been picked up. I say this all the time, you know, sometimes leaders who are in crazy busy and they're coming away, say, from a meeting where something has happened, it's really impacted them, they're upset or whatever, they walk into another room and they haven't had a chance yet to even regate, you know, regate kind of what's happening. And all of a sudden that energy has been picked up instantaneously. Oh, oh, the the boss is upset. What happened? What do we do? Do we say something? Oh, we're in for, we're in for something's going to happen now. (laughs) And it's so interesting, you know, how that just happens instantaneously and you just see it so well Mm -hmm. in those Mm -hmm. you know and some people have a better poker face than others right yes (laughs) and i bet a lot of people listening are like well i i might feel a little anxious or frustrated but i don't think people see it and maybe that's true however remember we're reading each other's bodies and we're co-regulating each other's nervous systems so you may have a great poker face but if your heart rate is up and your breathing is shallow you are affecting other people with that same heart rate and breathing pattern. Yeah, absolutely. So Irvin, I think it's important to define and redefine, you know, cause we've talked about this before. We are talking about being a step down transformer. It has to do with the quality of your presence. So speak again to yeah. what we mean by that. Yeah. So there are many different ways, you know, we could talk about presence, but perhaps the simplest way in this context is to define presence as the quality of the energy a leader telegraphs wherever they go. And, you know, our presence shows up everywhere. And the quality of that presence, be it on a Zoom call, be it on an email, even when we're not being seen or in-person meetings. And people intuitively pick up our mood, our emotion, our outlook, if we're optimistic, if we're anxious about a situation. It's felt And it is transmitted, even if we are not consciously aware that it's happening, it is happening. And so therefore, I think, let's just move to think about what kind of presence is a step-down transformer transmitting? What is it um, that enables this, this person to bring down a sense of felt anxiety? And I think, you know, there's um, five qualities of being that I think stand out, that this person is calm, they're curious, they're centered, they're observant, and they're listening. Mm. So Bridget, what comes to mind? Let's just think of the first three, the three C's there. What comes to mind when you think about calm, curious, and centered? Mm. So when we enter into the presence of someone who is embodying calm, I think there's a bit of a soothing effect, you know? Mm. And I think they create a space for us to catch our breath. They create a space for us to think because, Mm. you know, we, we often say that 
There's an inverse relationship between anxiety and cognition. The more anxious you are, the less clearly you think. So they bring that kind of soothing quality that allows us to think more clearly. I think curiosity, and gosh, that's so important. It's an internal mindset of going deeper, of not settling for the first answer that you get when you pose a question, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. By kind of recognizing there's something more behind that. And in particular, when we see people behaving in a reactive way, it's being curious about that instead of judgmental. Right, because that allows us to stay connected, centered. What a great word! When we are around centered people, we have this sense of groundedness that they're in the present moment and they've gathered themselves and they're grounded such that it's going to take a lot to knock them off course. Right, you're not just going to like poke them lightly and they're going to topple. No, 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 there's more groundedness there than that. So that's what comes to mind for those three. How about you, Irvin, for observant and listening? Yeah, you know, so I think a person, a stepton transformer, the quality of observing what's around them. You know, one of the things that we know just from physiology of the body, whenever we're very triggered and we're anxious, there's a lot of adrenaline goes to our eyes mm-hmm. and one of the things that happens then we're actually, you know, looking for the exit. We're looking like we don't feel safe. And a leader who's able to really be, to keep eyes focused and observant, what, what's mm-hmm. happening? What's happening to the people around me? What am I picking up? You know, one of the best examples of this, um, I have a very dear friend who is head of the ER in one of the big hotel, uh, the, the hospitals in England. He is a wonderful presence about him. So he's obviously walking into highly stressed and anxious individuals who are worrying about loved ones, etc. I've actually seen him in action where he will walk into a waiting room and just by his tone and his ability to to look at what's happening to the behaviors, they're obviously anxious body language mm. and this beautiful calm presence of being able to explain, you know, exactly what has happened and here's what's happening at the moment Mm. and this is what we're going to do. And you could just see kind of some of the people, you know, beginning to calm down. Obviously, it's not going to take away their anxiety at all, but it's it's helping in that moment to help them. Yeah, to help them kind of re-regulate and listen, et cetera. So, So that observation. And then the other thing is listening. One of the things I like to say is listening is not just about the hearing it's much deeper and listening as well is also about looking and also about our heart. It's a connection with the heart. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're connecting empathy. We're able to feel what people are feeling. So I think, you know, that embodies so much of what a leader's presence is about. When you have that presence, it feels different. And I love that, you know, you're able to say, you know, that soothing, being able to take a, you know, that breath. And I think so often we get ourselves worked up. In, in situations and just that that very presence allows someone to catch their breath. That's a presence that has great influence. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it bears saying, Irvin, and I just thought of this in the moment, that these adjectives, these five words that we've just discussed, do not somehow rule out energy and passion. Like you can be a step-down mm. transformer and be very passionate 
Absolutely. It's just that you are thoughtful about it, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. What about some of the actions? What about some of the behaviors of a step-down transformer? What are some of the things that they're doing? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so let's make this very concrete and practical now. And for those of you who are listening, think about which of these behaviors you already do really well. And maybe there's something in here that you want to be a little bit more intentional about. So the very first thing is not going to surprise those of you who have been listening to us for a while, because we say this over and over again, but it bears repeating. The first thing, the very first thing to be a step-down transformer is to manage your own anxiety first. And what that really means is to do some work on the inside, learning what your triggers are. What are the specific people and situations that trigger you? And becoming a more astute observer of how you behave when triggered, for better and for worse, and how that shows up in your body. And then what calms you down? What are the things that you know help you to center and recenter? So that's, that's the internal work. And, you know, I remember I was at a conference and I was presenting to a group of doctors, okay? Mm-hmm. And I was talking about being a step-down transformer. And afterwards, a doctor, a physician came up to me and she said, you know, she was in a new role where she was leading uh, complex systems, right? And she said, you know, if I had heard this five years ago, I would have said, I'm not anxious. I, what are you talking about? I don't need to manage my own anxiety. And she says, it's only been recently that I've begun to realize that I'm a human being and therefore I have some anxiety. Life is an anxious proposition and so is leadership. And I thought that's really, you know, interesting, right? Yeah. So that's the first thing. I think the other thing, and you, you've kind of alluded to this earlier with the mindset of curiosity, but that's to ask questions because when people are anxious, they want quick fixes. They want solutions. They want closure. And the person that can ask questions and really good questions, not leading questions, but good open questions, is already stepping down the level anxiety because you're requiring people to think, not just to react. So those are my top two. What about you, Irvin? Yeah. And kind of following on from that, I would just say another step, the thing that a step down transfer does, re- does very well is their ability to focus on the facts. Um, you know, whenever we're in situations that are highly anxious, highly triggered, we are natural storytellers. We make up things that are not there. We read into things that are not there. And so it's very important to ground a reality. What are the facts? What do we know? And what don't we know? And are we running away with things that we really don't know? Are we making assumptions about things that really there's no evidence to to say, you know, this is a solid assumption? Are we passing judgments on something? Or are we gossiping? You know, that another gossip is a thing that gets a hold. And and so what a leader is able to to do rather than give into it, because let me tell you, these things are so easy to give into. It's so easy to go with the flow and to join the conversation, to join the gossip, to join the assumptions. But it's much more difficult just to say, okay, let's just refocus here. Let's ground ourselves. And what do we know? And let's take it from there. And then the other thing is, and we've dealt with this in another episode as well, but it's worth relating once again, is resistance. That in any 
system that is disturbed in any system where there is movement as a leader, if you are trying to initiate change, that part of that is resistance and it is natural and to be expected. And so often we get surprised when we see it and it's like, oh my God, where did that come from? No, this is just a system trying to recalibrate itself. And so therefore, it's actually a sign that you're doing something right. Mm -hmm. And so if we can, in the face of that resistance, embody the calmness, the curiosity, but not give into it, and just say, you know, and observe it and say, you know, that's what it is. So many leaders just beat themselves up, saying, I'm doing something wrong. Um, people are resisting this and say, no, actually, I'm doing everything right. And this too will pass. Mm -hmm. And this moment, I just have to um, journey with the person who is resistant. And it's part of reality. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, those things are are important. Focus the facts, recognize resistance, ask questions and manage your own anxiety. Yeah, those are all great. And for those of you who are really sort of lingering over the words that Irvin just spoke about resistance and sabotage, if you don't haven't listened to it already, in season one, we did an entire episode. I believe it was season one, Irvin, um, yes. on yeah. how resistance and sabotage could be signs you're doing something right. Yeah. Mm. So... I'm so glad that we, we've taken time to delve a little bit more deeply into being a step-down transformer, but we're not done yet because I know that you want to share a core practice with folks. So what do you have in mind for today, Urban? Well, you know, one of the behaviors that we alluded to there was the power of questions. And, you know, I think that can be difficult. You know, sometimes I'll ask questions. Well, what kind of questions do you ask? And leaders will look at you like, well, I don't know. I ask questions. So I think um, one of the practices I'd like to suggest is if you're going into a meeting to be a little more methodical about what questions do I have for this meeting? Rather than just depending on something spontaneous that will come up, maybe plan a few or be thoughtful about a few questions that you want to have. And I think there are four really great questions hmm. that encourage more curious thought and perhaps can help in that process of bringing down anxiety. So the first question is why? Why is this important? Mm -hmm. And then the second one is how might? I love that question. How might we approach this differently? It, it evokes the imagination about, oh, if I was doing this differently, maybe I'd do this and this. And you can almost feel the energy there shifts. Yeah. What if is another wonderful question. What if we lost this supplier? What if things went wrong, you know? And then this ability to, again, be creative, engage curiosity. And then how can, how can we be more effective? So I think those those four questions are interesting questions and and maybe kind of use them to come up with some questions before a meeting. How, how might, what if, how can. Mm, those are so great. And you can just tuck those away, right? And just yep. memorize those first couple of words and the rest will come. Yeah, I love that. You know, curiosity, I've often referred to it as a superpower. And asking mm -hmm. questions goes hand in hand. We can't be curious without asking questions, but I don't think we utilize it as often as we could. Just simple questions that get people thinking in new ways. So thank you for that, Irvin. So I love, you know, what I especially am going to take away from this conversation on being a step-down transformer 
are those five words that you shared that really are pointers for us. If we want to be a step-down transformer, if we want to be the person in the room that takes that voltage down a notch so that people can think better, then we want to show up as calm. We want to be curious. We want to be centered. We want to be observant. And we want to be listening. And to the extent that we're doing those things, we will, in fact, have a profound and positive impact on the level of anxiety and reactivity. And at the end of the day, that's as good as it gets because we cannot control what other people do. And in this crazy world, it is so easy to become disheartened by the reactivity that we see in the world. And yet, remember from a systems perspective, what affects one affects all. So be that step-down transformer for your family, for your team, for your neighborhood, for your friend. It truly makes all the difference. So thank you so much, Irvin. This has been, as always, a delightful conversation. Thank you, Bridget. I have really enjoyed it myself. I'm just thinking as well, those are five words to live by. If we can think about as we enter a room, how am I embodying um, those words? I think we will do much better as a leader. I agree. Well, folks, thank you again for being with us. And we look forward to our next conversation. Irvin, I don't think that we've decided yet on what our next episode will be, have we? No, we have a list and we have yet to choose. Yeah. So We're so excited by the list, we can't choose. So we're, <laughs> we're going to give that some more thought, but we look forward to being with you again in the future. Thanks, everyone. Have a, a wonderful week ahead. Take care. Bye-bye.